0: episode of the family cast where food and music is life yes and today very special guest coming at you live from Harvest Kitchen well it's not live anymore but those are those are pierogies go ahead Yep, they're still good live from Harvest Kitchen in North San Diego County where I work where I am the executive chef where I get free reign of the kitchen and the food truck to make everyone's dreams come true one beautiful plate at a time At least that's what I think. Anyways, David and I, we are talking in Harvest Kitchen, about Harvest Kitchen, and uh, some food and music stuff because the Harvest Kitchen truck, well, it has been to a lot of music festivals. It goes everywhere and anywhere you're allowed to drive. Sometimes where you're not allowed to drive too. We won't get into that just yet. But uh, before we start the episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, review, share and support that's that's why i always hashtag s-r-r-s-s that's what that means so get the word out so we can do keep doing these episodes and uh keep having radical guests the way you've been sending them to me so thanks a lot for all your support thus far and without any further ado the family cast with mr david allen holtz ladies and gentlemen here we go let's dig in all right all right we made it happen hi it's hey i'm sitting here in the boardroom slash front room of harvest kitchen catering yeah is that correct
1: that is correct with window.
0: the owner founder ceo creative chief com- no, 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 i let go of that okay <laughs> <laughs> david david <laughs> allen holtz david well, allen holtz hello josh hello
1: there clinks cheers, cheers. we got the I don't know why we're so fancy. We're just having- this is actually from Adora Folklore, a beautiful rental company oh, okay. that supplied us with these. We're, 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 we're being fancy here. At Pinky's out mm-hmm. with coupe, coupe glasses and bourbon and for well bourbon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well whiskey, but nothing better than Evan Williams. Yes. So
0: welcome to another on location episode of The Family Cast. Yes. Food and Music is life. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. yes sure. And I thought what uh, what another addition to the show would be a person who does music true. does food has a food truck and the food truck has made multiple appearances at music festivals yeah true yeah the harvest kitchen food truck otherwise known
1: as Wusa, Wusa, Wusa in Woosa. the house ladies and gentlemen
0: oh,
1: Woosa. Uh, is <laughs> I I we had there. the horn of the truck I know. it uh, has uh, this we, like great
0: like you know what da-da-da-da. i'm gonna make it happen right? yeah we need to okay we can do that we'll
1: record it and i'll put it on the show somehow Yeah, you're a wizard. Tech whiz, tech Tech wiz. All right, so,
0: David, why don't you explain to the people a little bit about your background growing up, like, because I know you didn't start off as a food truck person. No, I didn't start off in food at all. Okay, let's go, well, let's go back, Uh, uh, you know,
1: music was in your life, music was in your life. Yeah, I turned, uh, yeah, music. Where's the family from? So I'm from the Midwest outside of Chicago, mm-hmm. a, a, a suburb called Downers Grove. Lovely okay. place to grow up. It was like, you know, public school, right? Middle class, middle, lower class, you know, but really diverse, like really diverse neighborhood. I grew up in high school is large. My graduating class is like 800. Okay. So it was like a big school and it was really diverse. And I'm really proud of that. I had a lot of people, friends of all colors and all different, you know, uh, income brackets, if you will. And I, I will. really, yeah. I will. Yeah. And you know, there's fights and there's drugs and there was, you know, like real life stuff, <laughs> you know, it was like I'm kind of proud of that upbringing. And, and then, uh, what do you mean by proud of that? Like, cause it's not so cookie cutter. Yeah. Proud is a weird way. I'm like, yeah, I'm like kind of proud. I'm like I liked having a diverse background, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel like that's what America is. And if you're sheltered from it, I feel bad for people that are sheltered mm-hmm. from it. You know? We're getting deep. Yeah, okay, just right out of the gate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, where do I start? Yeah, so, but I got into music when I was 15. Okay. I heard, I heard Jimi Hendrix. Okay. I heard Jimi Hendrix for the from first time. From a family album. member, or? I heard it from. Or like on a record? Well, actually, okay, we ought to get it, wow. Uh, in my in junior high, I heard some friends who I thought were super cool, were like the rock stars of junior high. They had a band and they did Rockin' in the Free World. Mm the like Neil Young slash Eddie Vedder version <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: in like the school gymnasium. At that point, I was really into rap music. Okay. And then I saw that and I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> and then heard Jimi Hendrix. I don't know how that came to be, but heard that and the Doors and then grew my hair out, bought a friend of Stratocaster, would sleep with it because I heard Jimi Hendrix would sleep with oh, his yeah, guitar. You have to. yeah, <laughs> And uh to. Yeah. And... Then got into punk and punk music Mm -hmm. and ska and like real big fish and less than Jake. I saw less than Jake play at a high school in at Lion's Township High School in the cafeteria. Nice. And I got to stage dive. The best punk shows are at high school. Yes, dude, that was the best. (laughs) Like at the YMCA, like in a a, like, like dark basement room, sweaty. The best, dude. Oh God, it was great, you know? And uh, yeah, so I was, I, I was into music and then. Um, you know, especially my upbringing, it was like, you get put down the path of whatever your, your father, or your family yeah. was like, go to business school. And so did that, went to business school, yada, yada, yada. got a marketing degree, got into advertising, um, and pursued that in like, Chicago, in Chicago worked for like Leo Burnett, which is like kind of mad men ish. Mm-hmm. Like Leo Burnett is kind of like mad men is based off of that that, that agent parts of it. Leo Burnett makes an appearance in it, you know, but it was like, it it was cool, you know, but were you on the show. No, (laughs) there was a scene. Okay. A little side note. Okay. So, okay. So, um, Leo Burnett first day I get shown my cubicle and I get to the cubicle and I hear this whirring sound like a fan. I'm like, what's that noise? Like that's an air purifier. You can smoke anywhere in the building. And I was like, really? I mean, this is like 2004 or five, like after it had been passed, you know, no mm-hmm. smoking. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow. And they're like, Philip Morris is our biggest client. And I was like, wow. So because when it's Philip like, Morris I mean, came into town, everyone was smoking, uh-huh. you know, you supported yeah. it. So like, you know, most people go outside to smoke, like, you know, it's fine. But when I went up to this, the, the, like, executive floor like the high up floor to get my key card i walked in and i swear this this lady had big like aquanet hair red lipstick secretary smoking a cigarette with a bowl full of cigarette butts in front I was like walking back in time and this is before mad men was a thing but i remember just being like so weird and i saw the show and it was you know kind of like so that. the executive level
0: chicago business kind of got stuck in the 50s like kind of in the at the top level
1: but that's what agencies did. No, maybe like, it still
0: is like that. Yeah, every every floor had a Coca
1: Cola machine, like a, uh, because Coca Cola was a client. It was big brand stuff. I didn't really like it. It was, yeah, yeah, I didn't really enjoy the work. But I did various jobs in 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 advertising. But that's when it was actually when I was like fourteen. I got into watching cooking shows before there was so like PBS. Yes, like yeah. Yan can cook. Yes, and and Frugal Gourmet. <laughs> before I found out he's. Yes. That's kind of it sad. Did. It yes. was really sad. Well, Julia Child and yeah. Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Paul Bucose. Yep. yeah Yep. And 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 I just, I don't know. There was something, and I wasn't like I wanted to be a chef. It was just like the art of food or something. It was like my late night stoned kind of stuff that I would watch. And mm-hmm. then Food Network came out and I was obsessed with it. But I wasn't like, there wasn't this urge to go into the kitchen and make the dishes. But when I would have, but I then as I got older and just kept watching it, you know. I realized I loved entertaining and I would host parties and that was the only time I would really cook. Oh, okay. But I, I just, I watched and I watched cooking shows all through This is all still in Illinois. Yeah. when I, After college, even through my twenties, like I moved to Arizona, I just, and I was in advertising, but I just watched cooking shows. It was just, it, it just really interests me. And then after watch, if you watched cooking shows for a decade or more, like, even if it's just for, you know, for fun, uh, you absorb it, you know, you learn, you learn stuff, you know, and that was when cooking shows weren't so dramatic or weren't so like television. It was really just cooking, you know? And, uh, I just, I, yeah, I just, I just got into food, but yeah, never was like, we, my mom would joke like, Oh, you'll be a, you could be a chef. Was cooking Uh, big in your family or in your house? My mom, on my mom's side and my grandma, she was, she was French, but she married an Italian man. So basically once you marry when you married an Italian man in Chicago, you basically became Italian. <laughs> yeah. So she cooked all Italian. And, yeah. and I would help her out in the kitchen. I was I always helped my mom. So cooking was big with my grandma. Mm-hmm. And we were super, super tight. Me and my 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 grandparents. That's how it all starts. Side.
0: Yeah. Your grandparents.
1: Yeah. They're the best. Same for me. The best. Yeah. Really? Yeah, for sure. For, for, for cooking, yeah. yeah. And it was on your mom's side? Yep. Yeah. Yeah yeah what so, would they cook because that was the greek part no no the mexican i'm not
0: too in touch with my greek heritage because right. um, that's my father's side that was not around but yeah the mexican side of the family it was always in the kitchen like, was
1: it sundays like sunday dinner every thing? day every day yeah sunday
0: dinner for sure because that's when you know everyone could come over but the grandparents were you know in the kitchen if they weren't in their garden or in the you know tending to the my grandpa had lived on a like a a ranch basically with bulls and roosters oh, wow. and goats. So like, did you slaughter anyone? In your I did not, but he, you know, he always, he didn't really let me kind of partake in that. I was too innocent. Did you see him do it? <laughs> I saw a little bit, not too, it wasn't too much slaughtering going on cause they were, um, egg chickens oh, and it. milk, okay. you know, it was da- oh, dairy it. and that kind of stuff. So, um, every once in a while, but, um, have you ever done that? I have. Yeah. It's, it's a more people should do that. You it's think? a whole, it's a whole big topic of discussion, I think, for uh, humane raised animals mm-hmm. and humanely raised meats and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. There's a, I could see the argument for, you know, going meatless or going vegan if once you've done that or whatever. Like, for example, our, our dishwasher here at Harvest Kitchen, Reese, he used to work on a chicken slaughter farm really? in England. So he doesn't eat chicken now. Interesting. Because he used to actually just hand, hand do it, uh, hand process all the chickens. Wow. So, so he doesn't. Wow. Check in. So, so th- interesting. He has so many, I would love, I don't need to sit with him for a whole weekend. And just pick his brain. We should have him out. on the podcast.
1: But sometimes it's hard to, he has the Welsh. He's Welsh. So he has like a really <laughs> strong accent where sometimes it sounds, has,
0: Sometimes it sounds really awesome. Like uh, train spotting or
1: or like snatch. Yeah, exactly. Um, but do so, you remember, do you remember? Um, uh, so down here in San Diego, there's the most amazing farm, Susie's farm in yeah. Lucilla. Lucila, mm-hmm. if you're listening to Lucila, I miss you. You're amazing. and such She's a, totally listening. She's totally listening. We'll wait, make, wait, wait. We'll but make but her
0: back, listen. Back up, back up. How did you get from rural Chicago suburb to now? Like, I mean.
1: We'll go, we'll go back. But so yeah. Lucila, when they had, remember that there was like uh, an event called like something death uh-huh. and it was about uh-huh. animal, and then they had to cancel it because yeah. they got, and I think if that would have happened today, it wouldn't. But that was when it was like yeah. so taboo.
0: It was, but I thought
1: it was beautiful. It, it was, was like, pretty gutsy. Um, it was,
0: it was super gutsy, super gutsy. Like, you know, that was kind of before the movement of farm to table would, and regenerative. I mean, farm to table culture. was just yeah. starting. I mean,
1: that's a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, just made me think of that because I was like, you know what? It is what it is. But it's like we need to. Understand but at the same time, I mean, on. I could tell a story real
0: quick and we'll get back to chicago when we went to alaska we toured there for like two weeks and we stayed with one family the whole time hi and then um they were hunters so they were when we got into their house and the night we pulled into anchorage alaska they were slaughtering their food in their kitchen was it like a moose Not or sla- yeah yeah is well, that
1: their thing you get your moose for the winter it
0: was they, they weren't they weren't um they had hunted it and then they were processing it on the table in the kitchen wow like the counter and we're like, we're all, you know, little just nerds from San Diego. Like, how you, old were you then? This was, must have been, I don't know. We were maybe early 20s. Wow. Like, just touring. We went through Washington, up through Canada, ended up in Alaska. But this family, the kids were part of the hunting process, too. Like, they, yeah. they were, the kids had taken down animals with their bow and arrow. Like, I mean, these were not like, uh, you know, they didn't look like, they just looked like normal people, right? Yeah, but they yeah. were like, definitely hunting on the land, you know, legally with their own stuff and then can't preserving the meats. You know, we have a picture. Two of us are holding the heart of this animal. Like, both of us with two hands holding this heart. Did you just literally like walk in the door like punk rockers in, and think, you
1: see like a full were trying to, head? I don't know like, if they were trying to, trying to impress us. us
0: trying to mess Yes, but they were like, she was little, legit like...
1: That you know, was not by accident. You know, they're like, that's great. they like, like a- let's save this for the, yeah. <laughs> the Thursday night. And the, let's cut the tongue These musicians- They always love the tongue i learned that that people but, you know, love she the made tongue.
0: she made us some some of it, and I actually cooked some of that uh-huh. for them. I showed them. I made, um, you know, fajitas. With, <laughs>
1: were you into cooking already
0: then? In the not 20s? totally, not totally, but I but I knew. But I, you grew up. With I had it? already. Yeah. Now i we're could, working back. I can make anything from. I can make any taco kind of out of anything. Yeah, of, or salsa or whatever. So, like, they had all this leftover stuff that they weren't going to. I guess some of it doesn't preserve well or whatever. That's kind of why we were messing with the oh, heart. Oh, you have to eat the stuff right So but, but the heart and some of the other pieces have a lot of meat. You know, so we kind of, like. Did you eat the heart? Some. It, it wasn't. I wasn't totally into, like, as much food as I am now at that oh, time. right. Yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. you know, Argent our Argentinian beef hearts are really delicious. But you have to do them right. And I didn't know how to do it. I just yeah. knew how to make some meat. So. But it was an experience for sure seeing that. You toured the guy. And they were not, uh, you know, it was totally clean. There was no, like, you know, it wasn't like a slaughterhouse. Yeah, I know. That's what I was thinking. I people have a picture. People no. have a picture of the Chicago slaughterhouses, for example. Of, like, oh, yeah. Old dudes with huge forearms with hacksaws and stuff like yeah. that. Like, yes, you do need some of those tools, but I don't know. There's a whole.
1: I always thought it would be a bloody mess, too, but it's not. It can be.
0: It can be. It can be. I mean, yeah. If you yeah. don't know what you're doing. Yeah. So I mean, we won't totally get into all the bloodiness of it, but (laughs) but there's some interesting stories to tell about it, like you know, for both for both sides of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree.
0: Um, But yeah, so back to back to where uh, we suburbs of Chicago. Suburbs or so you're working in Mad Men. Yeah,
1: yeah, doing that. But you want to do food? Well, I and all of a sudden there's San Diego. No, it was it was like I worked for ad agencies and like you know. I, at a young age, well, this kind of dovetails it, I mean, at a young age, when I was like 23, 24, this ad agency I worked for basically moved me to Phoenix and made me like the director of an agency office. In Phoenix. In Phoenix. Okay. Yeah. They were like, the, the office was hemorrhaging money. It was in the hole, like 150 grand. It was like this big agency that it's, it was a very localized, uh, agent. We had like 36 offices. Right. So they were like, I made an impression at this agency before I went to the Burnett. I came back. They're like, Phoenix is in the hole. Like, yeah. shit, let's, you know, let's just give it to, uh, let's just give it to, uh, let's give it to Holtz. He's, you know, he made an impression, like, couldn't go any worse. You give know? it to Holtz. Yeah, yeah. So they, uh, so they moved me out there. I didn't know a soul. I moved in two weeks and just like moved to Phoenix and. Had to take over this whole agency office. Stav was 23, and I was like, "Oh, Whoa. what the-, the world ahead of you?" Yeah, so it was like that's where I kind of got thrown into a bit of an entrepreneurship because it was like I was running my own office. My boss was in 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 my boss was in Colorado, uh-huh. and I had a P and I had like it was like running my own business. And okay, I had to make it work. And in two years, I I flipped the business, and we were profiting 150 grand in in two years. So I won some big accounts. Anyways, I'm, I, that's when I discovered San Diego oh, in so Phoenix. I, I yeah. drove out and I'll never forget the first time I came. Reese actually we just mentioned Reese just walked in Reese Hawk. Can you say something yeah. real
0: quick with your Welsh accent into this microphone? Hi, I'm Welsh. A-
1: <laughs> and you used to, you used to slaughter chickens and you don't <laughs> eat chicken. Yes. We were just talking about that. So Good time. Good time. yeah, well another time I think Josh will have to have Reese on there.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Reese just came into the kitchen, but um, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, so so yeah. So Phoenix, so
0: and then all of a sudden, discovered
1: San Diego. Started coming out here, visiting in Phoenix. Got got shipped back to Chicago for work. Yada yada yada. Didn't like being in Chicago. I liked the weather, the sunny. You know, if you're <laughs> no from offense. Chicago, no offense. Yeah. <laughs> if if you've been stuck, you know, we all know when you're in any kind of Midwest city when it's like April and it's snowing and you're like, what the fuck? Like right now. Like, like right now. Yeah, no, but not even like it's February, like when it's April and you're like, dude, it's supposed to be spring and it's gray and snowing and I just couldn't take it. So I did it for a time, came back to Billy's licking a bicycle. (laughs) Um, You know, I came back to so then I came to uh, I came to San Diego with with agency life, worked for a digital ad shop. And then this was in in, San Diego, in San Diego. So this was like 2008, 2009. And this is when I became really passionate about the environmental movement. Okay. I watched Inconvenient Truth. I was learning more about... Was that Michael Moore? That was, no, that was Al Gore. Al Gore, he invented the internet. Yeah. (laughs) And he won the election. That's true. He was president. That's true. Until Florida got recounted. that was like, what's going on now? This has happened before. On a very different, like they, re, you know, Jeb Bush was the oh, yeah, governor that's right. That's right. of Florida. Mm-hmm. They recounted Florida, mm-hmm. and you know, sure. Al Gore lost the election, but he he won it. You know, so it's kind of like a lot of people forget about that. You know, <laughs> and I wonder what 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 the what the world, the country would be like if that had happened. But anyways, I'm reading all these books, like, and becoming really passionate about it. I wanted to be the change. You okay. know, yeah. you know, it's was like a big green heart. Well, what was the big light
0: switch or or flip, like going from? I mean, that that experience, yeah. what was the big aha
1: moment? It was, mm-hmm. it going was, green. it was- Were it you part- having health
0: problems at all or- No,
1: no, it was just learning about what was going on and seeing the models of what is, is happening today. Mm-hmm. They were predicting it since the eighties, but no one wanted to listen. The Inconvenient Truth I thought was the best title because it really was. And it was a truth, but like, you had all these conservatives that made people out to be whistleblowers and just like, conspiracy theorists and everything. And if you look, if i watched it recently. You look back at the weather models that these geologists predicted in the eighties. It's exactly what's happening now. Oh. Fires, drought, severe rains where there wasn't, where there wasn't rain. Like they really predicted it. And it's just so sad that scientists, again, we're not listening to the scientists oh, sh- because it's not, it just wasn't in with the capitalistic agenda of fossil fuels, whatever. So I was just, I really want to do something with my career. That was like, in line with that. So I was like, for two years, I really soul searched, And while I was at the ad agency, and then one day I was, I was on, I was on a flight to Colorado to actually play bluegrass music at a little festival that my friends were throwing in Colorado. You were performing? Yeah. And I was I messed up my tickets where I was sitting in the middle seat between two people. And I hate that. I usually never allow that. (laughs) So I'm feeling stuck. I'm feeling stuck in life. And I'm just like writing in my journal and I'm just like, and then it hit me. This was in 2010, probably early summer, shit, summer, 2010. And I was like, what do I, what am I going to do? I want to be my own boss. I want to do something different. I want to do something good for the environment. And then, And then it was like, well, I like food. I'm like working it out in my mind. I'm like, I like food. Yeah, on a flight. And I'm like, I like food. I don't have enough money to start a restaurant Mm -hmm. or cafe. I'm sussing that on like food trucks. I'm like, food trucks are kind of becoming cool. I'm like, food truck serving organic food, biodiesel powered food truck. Like, and it just, I was just so excited. I'm I'm writing down ideas, doing all the stuff. I go to the, I'm telling everyone about it. So I do believe if you want to, Create a dream. It helps to be like talking about it, and it kind of makes it real. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah, manifestation and all that. Yep.
1: Tell them. Tell everyone all about it. Come home. I'm really going home. Or you say
0: it up enough times, and you're
1: like, "Wait a minute. It sounds iffy." Yeah. Or it's just like I gotta do it because I've been blabbering my mouth so much about (laughs) it. Now you have to. Yeah, you have to. You know. And that was really that was it. And did you want to do it in Phoenix, San Diego, Chicago? So I was in San Diego. So I just figured I, I was happy in San Diego. And I had the marketing background and everything for it. So I started a business plan. I downloaded like people do. I downloaded business plan templates off the SBA website. And and uh, I my, my original idea was called uh, either Eco Panini or Panini Press Express. And Panini Press Express, I thought this was cute. You want to do Paninis? Well, I was like, who doesn't love a sandwich? I Again, I'm not a chef. I knew food. Mm-hmm. I knew flavors. But uh-huh. I never chefed it up. I never okay. worked at a restaurant. Oh, I worked at Dairy Queen. Ah, like, yeah, yeah. You know? Hey, that counts. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, and so... I the the panini press express so the panini press was going to be a newsletter because so I wanted to spread mm. a green message without beating it over your head or made you feel guilty or whatever you know like greenpeace or whatever I wanted it to be fun so the <laughs> panini press like yeah yeah so the panini press is going to be the menu would come out monthly and the on the opposite it would be a seasonal menu that on the opposite side it would have all these stats and legislation and things going on for the for the environmental industry and that would be kind of like how I'd sneak it in and be like you look at the menu and flip it over, and be like, "Oh wow! Like this much of our electricity comes from burning coal. Like shit, I didn't know that when I flipped." it. So you on. wanted to
0: get into the minds of blowing into the business of blowing mines. <laughs> kind of, or
1: just surprising them. Someone <laughs> who doesn't care about organic. That's like, oh shit, mm. mm-hmm. that was my original mission. So I started business plan. And what do you do when you when you start something? You're like, is anyone else doing this? Right? Was, you know. And I have discovered this business. In it's Boston. called market research. Yeah, yeah. And I discovered Green Truck.
0: Okay,
1: so yeah. that was a food. That was a little food truck history. Kogi, really. Kogi, if you know of Kogi in LA, Roy kind Troy. of like yeah. He he really pioneered food trucks, but arguably Green Truck was on the road before. I mean, Roach Coaches have been on the road since the fifties, really. Yeah. So the they really Warren. own. Yeah. the White Gangster Catering trucks really own that. Sure. You know, this, but, yeah, it's a little but the different. more higher end stuff and using social media, green truck is actually on the road short, like two months before Kogi. Yeah. But what Kogi did was they tapped on Twitter uh, and yes, social media. Our
0: early adopter of Twitter, um, which we can actually talk about with your marketing and ad um, knowledge. But um, green truck, I mean, totally different, totally different concepts. Totally different, totally concepts. different concepts. Yeah. Totally different concepts. Plus, and Roy
1: Choi is a badass. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't really know, I guess I started researching food trucks then and I was like, wow, they were they had they had the the brand. They had been on like Oprah Winfrey Network, the online one. They had all this great press. And I was like, they look kind of cool. They look like cool people. And I was like, well shit. And they on their site they had something like, start your own drug, like business opportunities or franchising. Well, they had put it on the site, arguably, Cam Mitch, I think you'd agree, it's kind of as an afterthought. And they, were, they would get a lot of emails about people. They were getting, dude, when I came into the business, they were getting emails from fucking Dubai from Australia of people that wanted to start their own green truck. Because that was really when, same as me, there's a lot of green heart, you know, people wanting to do something. And the, the, the hot new trend of, of, the, of food the, trucks. The truck. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like... I was just persistent as hell. Like I just kept emailing them and emailing because a lot of people emailed them, but they never really took it seriously. Mm-hmm. And I kept on it. And then one day I rode my motorcycle up to LA, showed up there. And I was like, what's up? Like, I'm serious. <laughs> I'm going to do this with you or not. So either I would do a similar concept in San Diego, like let's, you know, and cam, He was just like, fuck yeah, cool. All right, go out on the truck. We're going out to lunch. We're serving lunch at this thing. And I jumped on a truck with two really fun, cute chicks, blaring the Beatles. They were already busy. Yeah, Yeah. well, they were doing lunches, but they, yeah, they were doing, they had a whole story. They had already scaled up and scaled down. Like, but I went out on the truck and I was like in heaven. I was like, fuck yeah, this is it. I was like, this is awesome. I came back so excited, so stoked and long story short, we, you know, we we were working out the details. It was very new for them. Like I said, it was something they had thought about, but not really. They had not built out a franchise. We did it together. Okay. Kind of like a franchise. And on my 30th birthday, January 31st, 2011, I inked the contract with that as the date of the contract. We did a one page, one page, like just agreement deal mm-hmm. for a one year contract for me to like lease the truck and license the brand and and that started and then green truck later, san diego I, yeah green truck san diego so i had my own llc my own company mm-hmm. that then leased the truck so i rented the truck and mm-hmm. then i paid a, a a royalty to use the brand but the no one in san diego heard of green truck this like, same truck yes another. the same truck okay. Usa. i did not name it that that was mitchell okay it, um, <laughs> what movie was that from it was like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It's from something. It sounds creepy. It does. Right? <laughs> when you say it, like it's a, supposed to be like a. It's because it's supposed to be. It supposed to be like a soothing sound. Someone's gonna. If you know, know if what you know movie that's it, from, please comment, call me. Or com- comment comment in or. In the Send me a voice message. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then that was, and it was like I I, I, I got a little bit of money from my grandparents from the inheritance that I was gonna get, which also that's a cool thing. My grandparents were like my grandma was a secretary at a high school. My grandpa was a steel mill worker and a bartender and they saved their money smart and they had a retirement Mm -hmm. and to be able to give money to your grandson before you pass to see him use it. They gave me 10 grand. Nice. And then I liquidated my 401k, everything I was broke and put it all in because I had to pay like 25 grand into the deal with green truck. Sure. So I was like, quit my job, my very cushy job in advertising and like, was like fuck how the how am i gonna pay rent yeah you know yeah. it's like an exciting scary feeling but Maybe. i feel like most people like you or you is know, it just, a leap is it a big leap oh of, yeah you know but it didn't feel like it because you liked it so much well because i was just like i had seen it in my mind's eye working and everyone my mom everyone was like what like <laughs> it's funny that certain things people will pick out when you have an idea you start doing something they're like what about health insurance it's like, what about the like permit? From day one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it was just like, it's funny how You're some you like, people, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> i got a lot of dominoes you know to what? fall. You're worrying about like domino yeah. 110. That's a great question. I'm like, I'm on domino three, dude. I've seen the last one fall. <laughs> so I know it's going to work out. And that's how, I, that was my analogy for it. It was like, I have visioned the end game, working my ass off, being on the truck all the time, but loving it. So, like, why would I worry about all that other shit? Like, it'll, I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. And it's just funny. I found that interesting where there is this, I think anyone who's doing it, there is this natural, I don't know, maybe you've witnessed it, like, where maybe you've had an idea where people try and find like the pitfalls of it. Uh, or they're like, it's, well, it's, how are you going to do this? Yeah,
0: it can be veiled as concern or, 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 or an hype unless they're speaking from experience maybe sometimes oh oh i see she wants the kook class i think i think but it's... i mean sometimes people are naysayers uh i don't know someone who's more gutsy or daring i guess than others it could be seen as stupid you know stupid business mo- moves or anything like that uh, yeah hey you're leaving your ad job to start this dream or whatever. but like if if you're a dreamer no one can stop you like no you know i have so many friends that started businesses and ended businesses to start other businesses or like, yeah. you know, musicians that, you know, did it because or they're or they're in they're in a good job because they need the money. But they're 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 starving musicians. on the, Yeah. At heart. Yeah. You know, they, so they stay. They play shows and stuff like that because because that's their dream. You know? And I don't
1: think it's from any ill intent. I'm not saying no. it's a bad thing. It was just like interesting where it was almost like it was almost like, well, there's a reason why I haven't done it in a weird way, for some people I, it was I like, it. I totally you know what it. I'm yeah. saying? And I, and I got it with my dad, my dad and I, had, and I had a blowout fight with my dad. I'll never forget, I was on the five driving south. and My dad was just like a sniper trying to shoot down my dream. Everything's like, well, you're, you're not gonna be, there was no like, hey, but I, I believe in you. It was just all this stuff. And I just eventually was like, we, it's can't, we can't talk about this.
0: It's hard when the you don't get the full support of the, the fam.
1: And I did, and my <laughs> mom thought I was crazy too. But she was like, she would always end this. This is with. crazy, but but if there's anyone that can do it, it's my, <laughs> my exactly. David. You know, was your dad a business person? Is that why he was or not an entrepreneur? Working? He was just a blue collar. No, he was white collar. He was like, you go to you go to college, you get your business degree, you put on your suit, you don't take any breaks to travel. Oh. You, you just like this is what you do. Oh. Work okay. is a four letter word. Work sucks. And you save to you put your money away to save. That was just what I grew up with. That was just like, yeah, mid-century
0: America, Um, the dream, the American dream. Also, the negative effect of the American dream
1: is that work life, I think. So, I mean, all that, you know, like, yeah, my dad was concerned and worried. What I've everything that's happened with my dad, I've seen it as like if he didn't question me, would I have pushed it with as much gusto? because you're if, a punk rock yeah if he had been like oh i love that you're playing guitar i'm mean, like well it's not fucking." oh cool. but i don't want it anymore yeah
0: so it's like I've. you're I've, the epitome of every punk
1: rock song like, <laughs> yeah i've let go of that <laughs> story you know like i've let go of that story boo boo i'm like it made me who i am you, you guys know? kiss the mate up yeah is yeah. he still around uh he's around we're you know he's around he, okay. well he's in florida around but i mean alive yes he's alive. okay yes he is with us cool so
0: he's Okay, so yeah, you guys are on a proud. good page. He's proud. You're on a good page with your dad. Yeah. Green Truck is going to transition into Harvest Kitchen Yeah. at some point. How long was it Green Truck?
1: So I did Green Truck for four years. Did like, you know, I did the the office parks. I did all of that. I did truck sales with Green Truck. Did it, did it well. And, and but then. And I know you did music festivals. So yeah. you got the itch. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, and I would have anniversary parties where like I would have my friend's bands play and I would perform and the truck would be outside. And that's when I was like. This is... I don't care if it makes money. This is me happy. I'm like all my favorite things. you're still that things. way. Yeah. And you're still that way. Yeah. Um,
0: so so the, music, the musician in you came out and said, I want to do music festivals. I want to take the truck on tour mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. Coachella, Lightning in a Bottle, Burning Man.
1: Yeah. What else? We uh, did Woogie Weekend, which is an offshoot of Lightning in a Bottle. I did uh, High Sierra Music Fest. I've gone all the way to Arizona for festivals. Oh, cool. So basically... Yeah, did Green Truck through till 2015. Yada yada yada, great time decided to leave Green Truck. I wanted to I I had started I had done some weddings and I saw the writing on the wall that to scale up a business to really make money or make some kind of money. I was me mean, I was living like oh. hand to mouth, like barely just getting by. Having a great time, but not really making money and I was paying royalties to Green Truck.
0: Sounds like a band. Yeah. It sounds just yeah, like a band yeah, story. Yeah, exactly.
1: So I was like, wow. when the contract was done, we divorced a little bit and I started, I had been building this Amicable? concept. Yes. Okay. It took a couple months and then, you know, we worked it out and we're still very close. I, I have the utmost respect for green truck. They, are they still around? Yep, they are. Okay. They're, they're in LA doing great. And we, 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 you know, I have so much respect. They helped me get started. But I started, that's when I started the concept Harvest Kitchen. Same kind of ethos, organic, but I wanted to do more upscale catering, right? But before you can just, you can't just jump into catering, right? You have to build that up. So in 2015, when I started Harvest Kitchen, I had to go make money. And that's when I was into the Burning Man scene, right? I was, I was, I also loved music and I started signing signing us up for big festivals and the first one was lightning in a bottle okay which is an an electronic driven burning man-esque festival are they related no okay no similar but definitely similar vibe like just this kind of you know transformational festival kind of thing like freaker festival you know (laughs) and (laughs) i didn't know really what we were getting into what do you serve what kind of food do you serve to people who are like
0: festivaling
1: so that's a good question (laughs) you know you like, try to, well, it's just like anything, if you're starting to- Is business, it food for sale or is the festival paying you? It's food for sale, mm-hmm. right? And you're trying to, well, the way I see it is is like, what are other people not offering? Now, LIB for a long time- because oh, there's a thinking, lot of other vendors. A lot, dude, so many. I mean, there's like 40,000 people go to this yeah. and they're camped out for like five days, yeah. right? So you want to fulfill, and, and LIB, Lightning in Bottle, everyone that organized it was very key of like, you're using organic ingredients, you're using compostable. They were really on it, right? Oh, I didn't know that. And they didn't allow meat for a long time. And when we came in, they knew that we would be supplying really good quality, grass fed, free range proteins. Okay. So they allowed us in. I had done some other festivals. This was big. So for us, it was like the more that what we crushed at, well, we crushed the whole time, but it was, it was, Breakfast, breakfast, dude. You put bacon, you put bacon on a flat top in the middle of a campground. It was just like zombies, like kids walking to the truck. Like I had been there before, but there it was exceptional. But I mean, it was a logistical nightmare, dude. You would have hated this. You would have, you would have quit. (laughs) He knows me too well. Yes, I would have quit if I was the chef. I mean, shit, we were, we were camped in the campground here. And we had to, we would serve breakfast there. Our reefer truck, our refrigerator, refrigerated, we call it a reefer truck, was like literally- uh, well, Hold
0: on, truck <laughs> in the, in the biz,
1: reefer truck in the food biz is a refrigerated yeah, truck. My man could have, <laughs> Never mind. The reefer truck where yeah. all of our backup food is 200 yards through a canyon on the other, away from the campground. Okay. We would serve breakfast, dominate. I mean, just like in two hours, sell thousands of dollars. Were you the only burgers. breakfast person? In that area, I mean this this, this thing is spread out okay. four stages, like huge, huge footprint. So then we would so we would have to like stock the truck the night before, do breakfast, drive the truck over to our lunch spot, oh, our no. lunch dinner spot, then we'd have to have a golf cart or a van, go to the reefer truck, reload the truck for lunch, prep lunch out. It was insane. Looking back now you're looking like- back, I shaved valuable <laughs> months, well, maybe invaluable months off my life. But, but for were you also having fun? I was having so much okay. fun okay. because also it's yeah. like I had been building this new concept, my baby harvest kitchen, brand new wrap truck. Like, this was the harvest kitchen truck. Yes. It was okay. my new menu. I had been devising oh, okay. the, the the Thai curry bowl, the beet burger, the Baja bowl, all the stuff. Uh-huh. And I wanted to serve like gluten-free organic, like healthful meals. And I mean, we, we had a line 40 deep eight hours a day. I mean, Whoa. it was, it was a joke. It was like, we would just shut down at nine o'clock. Everyone else would stay open 24 hours to make money. We would close at 830. Because you ran out of food? Kind of. And we're yeah. like, dude, we, we hit our mark. Like, okay. And it was kind of a joke. Our front girls were like. That's the person in front like, of the truck selling food. The cute. And of course, you'd hire like, be honest, you hire spunky, fun, cute girls at the front. It's money. And we would just say, we would jokingly say like, if there's no tr- if there's no line at Harvest Kitchen, we're closed. Because it was like, people would come up like nine and be like, while well, we are shutting down, like, oh my God, you're closed. And then I would go party. So you took part in the festival also. And as, this is an interesting thing as owner with staff. I'm with all of my Burning Man friends. And Is your whole staff sleeping at the festival? They're camping there with just like bass, just like <laughs> yeah, chaos, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. lights, sex, craziness all around. And this was when... This is a time period where like my personal life and my work life really kind of blended in a weird- No boundaries. Cool, weird way. And it was hard because you're taking people that might have never experienced something like this. You're you? chef, Yeah, chefs. And it was tricky. It was fun But too. you went for it. I went for it. I went <laughs> for all, it. But they all went along with it, I right? mean, we're talking like $25,000 in cash sales in four days.
0: In 2015. 2015. So in today's market, that'd be, Twenty one thousand. <laughs> yeah
1: right yeah so that was kind of like yeah but you cut your teeth and you kind of learn how to do volume in a way sure and and we did i mean it was like every dish no matter how chaos it was in the back every dish looked the same are there food trucks that only do big things like that like yeah festivals only but they do it, they're not like me they keep it they the
0: brutal kiss they no that's what i mean stupid simple that's what i'm saying yeah. like yep i know our menu really well but like uh if You go to Coachella or yeah. outside land, I don't know. These Lollapalooza yeah. are there food trucks there that are like only doing this, like their only job is music festivals or like big things like that where they serve 40,000 people
1: to a degree? Yeah, you have. I would meet guys that did pizza or stuff like that, and they would just go on tour. They were literally when I did the festivals in Arizona, um, they would literally just kind of be on tour. Okay, here's a really interesting story. I'm just going to share the festival. This is a period that was really, I was drove all the way into McDowell Mountain Music Festival in Phoenix, Arizona. Drove the truck six hours. Get there. I've got all the stuff from Susie's Farm, all my food ready to go. Edward Sharp was opening on Friday. It was the big fucking night, the big night to make money. Health department comes out. They health go, department, uh-oh, health yeah, department. Yeah, okay. this is always the scary moment. It's like, you know, like especially at a festival, you have like thousands of dollars in produce. You have everything ready to go, and you have like your bungholes puckering, and you're like, "You're this is if you're going to be open or not. Is right? that a hardcore band? Yes. if you be a hardcore film. <laughs> yeah. um, but... So the health department shows up. So the so they show up, up, they come on the and truck, like, oh, and they just go, they go, um... So where's all the food from? I'm like that's from all like we're actually from San Diego. Like we're, it's all from our partners there and everything. They're like, oh, do you have receipts for all of this? And I'm like, well, oh, no. Shit? I mean, it's from our our purveyors in San Diego. They're like, oh, you can't serve any of this. It has to be bought within Maricopa County. It's a it's a rule in in Phoenix that you have to serve food that's sourced. We, we we gotta shut you down. Oh, no. I'm like
0: <laughs>
1: slaps I can't serve sticker. Oh all my team is there we have an airbnb everything and i'm sitting there deciding one do we just say fuck you and start serving making money potentially being shut down they said they were going to come back the next day and i had to take it on the head sit there and watch while like everyone else is crushing it making money and we're dark lights off closed so in the morning i (laughs) i I took all the food that night, put it into a reefer truck where we're store, storing, again, reefer truck, storing all of our food, uh-huh. went to Restaurant Depot the next morning, spent $150. For receipts. For receipts. Okay. Bought gangster food that I would never serve. Gangster, I say this as in cheap food, like the quality of food I wouldn't serve on the truck, but just so I had food in the fridge, health department came back early in the morning, I had a receipt of the food, Enough food to serve maybe, like, 20 people. They don't question it. I was was like, this is where I was just like. Because they're very, like, as long as it checks the box. As long as it checks the box. And then we got to reopen and reload the truck and. Crushed. And crushed for, you know, basically a day and a half. Okay. But that was the festival life, man. That was 2015. It was fun. It was stressful. It was. And then we did other stuff too, but mm-hmm. those were, you know, those were the high, that started Harvest Kitchen. Then 2016 is when we really got into catering. That's the year that I came up, came yeah, of, actually, uh, yeah, uh, met. When we started doing so, weddings. Started up in our game. Yeah, getting better chefs, better quality food, better events. Okay. And so does that mean so the
0: transition from street truck to huge music festivals to what? beautiful boutique wedding catering like i mean as it is I now know. i mean i don't know what's the progression from like you know you know uh a festival like burning man or lightning a bottle where it's kind of like the wild west for for all intents and purposes i mean yeah. it's out in the desert and then all of a sudden now you're like you know you're driving to like million dollar homes or two million dollar estates and serving like you know beautiful flowery plates and stuff like that. So
1: yeah. how does I, that, I really what's that change? That. Oh, okay. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, we kinda, can come back to, we can put a pin in that. No, I'm thinking, I'm like, it's really cool. Cause I hadn't like, it, it was, it just happened. And it was through what we, what we used to say also was Harvest Kitchen doesn't advertise. That was our idea. It was like, if, as long as we have great referrals and we do good work. That's so like, ironic coming from the ad, ad world. I know, I right? know. It was like build a brand, build relationships, and it was like, it was just slowly chipping away at it. A, a big part was hiring the right people. Okay. I hired a sales manager, Melissa Petruno. Oh,
0: shout out Melissa. MVP, nice yeah.
1: middle, I guess call her MVP. I think her middle name is starts with V, I call her MVP. Yeah, But it was realizing that what I'm good at, when I'm not good at, you know? And that's been, I think, a anyone who's had a successful business, you realize that, you know? Yeah. Or even you as a boss. Mm-hmm. You do it so well with your people it's like you find what's great in someone and you get it out of them and you focus it on them and i really value that and that's what i slowly like why does that work i mean like what well it it works because well i should say this (laughs) it's the opposite of some small business owners that can't let go of the wheel for me, literally, I saw other truck owners that couldn't let go, of driving that truck every day oh. and showing up to the event. When I would be on vacation or see my girlfriend in San Francisco, they would be like, "They would be like, where you been? You know, like you haven't been doing what I've been doing. I'm like because well, you're on the truck every day, you can't grow that way. You can't, you know. It's one way." Adiel Oh yeah, and we have another. Nice. Wow, this is great. All so these our, cameos. Adiell is one of our
0: in-house uh, pastry experts. She made some. Pas- Roasted pasilla, corn, vegan that's cornbread. That's what all those
1: little cheese yeah. were. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Because now, I mean, we're gonna. This is a jump ahead, and we'll come back. But Harvest Kitchen is doing a corporate lunch account yep. with, with uh, Dr. Bronner's. Yep. Is that okay to say? Yeah, it's okay great to say. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so, so all- it's been really
1: great to be at work lately because <laughs> every day oh, this is fire. Yeah, every day they're making. We're making basically we're making 125 meals a day for a really rad company, Dr. Bronner's Soap Company and they do this very gracious thing for their employees, all right. their warehouse workers, they feed them an organic lunch every day. Right, day. We're lucky enough to have a contract, but that means every day there's family meal. And here.
0: it's 100% vegan and organic. Uh-huh.
1: Oh, that's so good, dude. She, oh wow, she's
0: getting better and better. She's getting yeah. better and better. We
1: have such a great team right now. That's yeah,
0: awesome. So going back, sorry, I'm sorry that I'm rel- relishing in this cornbread because mm-hmm. she she spoke my love language with with uh, corn and roasted pasillas, two of my two of my two favorite ingredients. These are a
1: few of my yeah, favorite things. and
0: cornbread, of course, and bourbon. So yeah, <laughs> um, so so music festivals to boutique catering. Yeah. Um, and there's not a lot of i don't know i mean i know a lot of chefs obviously and i know a lot of musicians i don't know a lot of people who say i work for a boutique company or, you know like <laughs> because for a while it was it was trendy and stuff like that but like i'm personally i don't know a lot of people who say i work for a boutique company um why did you decide that harvest kitchen was a boutique company
1: um well or what because, does
0: boutique mean to well, the industry
1: for me it was like i only wanted to do the events that we were into you know i was doing events with patagonia i was doing i wanted to do i didn't want to just i think it was partly because we weren't doing street sales but it was just like we wanted to do the cool shit. i wanted to do the stuff that was like dope that was fun you know i still think we get to do that now we've become what is fun fun to me was yeah it was like well i i i the way i saw it was like the people that would hire us really aligned with what we were doing because I think we were really clear with what we were trying to do local organic food and it was like you wouldn't hire us if you didn't believe in that Mm. I think maybe and it was that we were it's not like we turned down business it's not like oh you're not boutique enough for us you know it was just like it just kind of became that way and also I never had these grand ideas to become like this massive I didn't want to like Diluted, i guess you know
0: from what what's what's the what's dilution of a, of a
1: small company i think we're
0: it's and well, also also i'm sorry is harvest kitchen a small company in, you know, in the grand scheme of things
1: in the grand scheme of things i would say for san diego purposes we're small to medium mm-hmm. small to medium you know and we're getting like yeah i think we're right in that middle point now yeah. but it was also i used to say like i want to grow organically Literally, yeah. you know, like yeah, I yeah. didn't want to like advertise a bunch to try and drive it. And, and but then I'll, I'll, don't get me wrong. I went through that period, but I felt like we did and I lost my way. I mm. got really lost. I remember that. Yeah. It I was, it was, it was, it was difficult because I started chasing the ego driven. We had a great conversation about it. I'll never forget that when we were was at Monkey, pop no, oh, no. Monkey Paw Brewing. No, 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 earlier.
0: Shout out Monkey pop
1: Yeah. We were, we had done an event. And we went to go, I wanted whiskey. And that was the only place that had beer. That oh, because we, we, we were have been there. at Moniker. We were at Moniker. Okay. And Shout that out Moniker. <laughs> this was when we were at a pier. This was in probably 2000. Well, that's when the kitchen was 2017, in Barrio Logan.
0: 2018. Kitchen was right there in
1: Barrio kitchen Logan. Kitchen was in Barrio Logan. And it was a, you remember, it was a, we were growing and outgrowing the space. And I just was, I was like, I wanted more. I wanted the kitchen. I wanted this. What well, we have in the space. Was it growing. one or the other?
0: Were you going to like stop the business if it couldn't? I mean, does it get to a point where you're like, "Uh-oh, we can't, we can't grow, we're at a stalemate."
1: It was more that it was working. We were making. We were actually way more profitable than. Smaller, smaller. That year, pretty much that year in 2017, we like kept a lot of money, but it was because I was super involved. We had a very difficult kitchen that was very cheap you know but i remember having that conversation with you and you have something i go back to often <laughs> what yeah. did i do no it was great <laughs> because you were like well you're like because i was talking about my kitchen i want to go pay i want to do new dishes da, 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 da. and you were like isn't it working kind of you know it's, it's working you know like what is it in you oh and we had a conversation about ego really kind of yeah for me it was and it was like, why? Like why it was kind of you questioning like, well, it could also just be what it is now and you you your food truck catering business. I didn't want to be
0: one of those naysayers. I'm not a naysayer. No,
1: no, well, that was not at all. I was more I, like
0: I was more like, is that what you want?
1: It because it, it was really good medicine for me. And then because it was like it made me question, ah. is this about my ego? Is this proving to my dad?
0: You know? Everything's proving to our dad, right? Totally.
1: But wait this- a minute,
0: would your dad would your dad so I, I was going to go back a couple sentences or paragraphs, um, because you, you said your dad was like, white collar, like, yeah. buy the book, IBM, black tie, yeah totally. kind of thing. Um, uh, but then you were saying you were totally outside the box. Like, you wouldn't, you know, that would not be your style. Like, I guess what you're saying is you wouldn't, for all intents and purposes, you wouldn't hire a person like your father. No. I mean, no, <laughs> no offense, dad, but no. like... But that type of like that type of chef or that type of front of house yeah. manager, like they, it wouldn't work. No,
1: especially it wouldn't it, work. Especially also when you're in a, I mean, let's be honest. It was a startup environment. I think it still has a little bit of that harvest uh, kitchen. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. you're always trying to propel. You're not comfortable. You're trying to You want people that are, are, are willing to roll with the punches a little bit. I think we, I mean, we've come a way long ways before from then. But, you know, it, but it was just interesting because you were kind of like, it made me question like the why, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's a big thing I think about now is like the why of things. Like, why am I the, wanting The why. The where. Not the, not the HWMCA. The Hwy-MCA, Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, you know, the, the why of it. and, and right, right. But I remember thinking about, it, but then. Go ahead. What I realized was, is like. No, this is this is really my dream. Like where we're at now, I'm happy with this. This like, current location. This current location, the current system. Just like, dude, I just like I want speed racks that we can roll out <laughs> of a like we were we are our, 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 our refrigerator was a shipping container with a giant door that we had to roll to the. It was a good. Uh,
0: I think it was a good point in. I don't know. It's better than Moody's. When I Ooh. when <laughs> I when I started a little little history is when I met. Harvest Kitchen when oh, I met you were time. working on the truck. That was a great time. No, no, when I met you, you were on the truck working a film production in La Jolla. Oh yeah. At the Cove. Uh-huh. And I was like walking around. I was I was trying to get my head straight because I had just started kind of working for the nonprofit. I left, I had left Carl Strauss.
1: That was right when you joined Urban Life. Super
0: cushy job at Carl Strauss, um, managing the restaurants. I went to, I was like, I found I had I had to heed my calling. My natural giftings and my, my purpose in life was to, you know, serve the underprivileged in City Heights and work for urban life. And then I, I saw so I'm, I'm walking around because we were, we were about to this huge fundraising banquet in the middle of La Jolla. Yeah. yeah. And Harvest Kitchen. So I'm like, I'm going to go for a walk. This is crazy. I couldn't figure out how to go from like, like, you know, P&Ls and serving tables and cooking with beer and all this stuff to like serving kids and like teaching people how to wow. live. So I go walking around La Jolla. Right, and this is kismet. It's called kismet. Uh, so I walk around La Jolla Cove, clearing my head, maybe just walking and, and meditating and praying at the same time. And I look out at the shores. There's, you know, there's seagulls flapping their wings. <laughs> it's, well, well, let me let me paint you a picture here. There's seagulls flapping their wings, and I, n- n- I know now how film productions work. It was between oh, yeah. it was between breakfast and lunch. Yeah, yeah. So, and but Dave was just sitting on hanging on the truck, and I go and I, I see the truck, and I'm like. Um, and it was parked on the street somewhere in La Jolla Club. I'm like, what the heck is this? What is What do you, I go, what are you doing here? What is, cause there was no customers or whatever. Cause it was private yeah. and he, we started talking and then all of a sudden I, I ended up, so we start talking and I end up hiring through, through, um, through Melissa, um, harvest kitchen to do our, our banquet for urban life. Um, as, as the, as part of the, the chef team, basically the food truck. Um, and then that led to other gigs and all this kind of stuff. But it was like, I, I, I literally met the food truck on the street in La Jolla. So like full circle from, that was 2016, right? Must've been, yeah, 2015 or 16. So might've been
1: 2015.
0: Could, could have been. Um, but I was literally walking down the street in La Jolla saying, what, what, Hey, what's up, bro? And then I had (laughs) such a
1: man crush. Like we had, we had like this food crush. It was awesome. Well, it like worked,
0: it just worked out, um, hired you for the hired you for the banquet and then the next year you were competing you were a competing chef in our kind of like chef competition so like i don't know just i think um the 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 juju the vibes were like were there because the the team like you know i mean you know you know no offense to professional chefs out there or whatever but like the chefs on the truck wearing tank tops and like (laughs) it was like it was was still very it was as you say gangster i say, i say punk rock i say punk rock right? yeah
1: totally i say punk rock
0: it was like um it was shout out it was chef andy um tank top in the truck i'm like bro you have a tank top on while you're cooking food for 300 people at, at a rich banquet in la jolla and he's like yeah this is this is delicious food so so fast forward to i just kept picking up gigs with you yeah um and at the same time, you're still yourself playing music, going to festivals, yep. being a part of the music scene in, in your own way. Um, while Harvest Kitchen was growing and being more beautiful and boutique and all this kind of stuff and hiring Sammy and like growing, were you still like uh, living your kind of punk rock life and doing the whole totally. thing? Like,
1: well, so, Sammy jokes about this. So Sammy, Craig <laughs> Sammy. Shout out. You're amazing. And from Melissa to Sammy, like just... Amazing. And Let's be honest. You've
0: you've been so fortunate with dude, dude, with your ladies. Like dude, my okay. house.
1: The, here, okay. Here, here's a little. Imagine
0: trying to do this without people dude, like Melissa or Sammy.
1: I've thought about it. Murder. I, I've, but I've also had moments of just like, especially at Burning Man when I've when I've been like completely off the grid. I can't com- communicate and having moments of just being like, oh my god, shouting out gratitude to our whole team. Mm-hmm. I haven't been a Burning Man when we've been working, but like having moments <laughs> of being like so grateful to be able to have that element to my life and have people that support the dream. But a week after mm-hmm. cheers, a week after like two weeks after Sammy started, I was like, I'm going to Burning Man and later I'll be I'll be back in two weeks. Okay. And Sammy jokes about how like she was so scared and so freaked out. So I I really shout out to uh, Chef Zeus. Yes, yeah, Chef um, Dude. Those are,
0: yeah. I mean that's kind of when I was gigging with yeah. you. I was like,
1: but I did, I was able to maintain it because I think that's yeah. the way that a business owner is able to, or any kind of manager, is uh-huh. to you put trust in your staff to be able to have the freedom to do sure. certain things like that. Yeah. You know? So I have, and that and I have been able to, and it's only through the amazing people that have that I've been able to attract. But here's a here's a good example. Something I learned mm-hmm. took me a long time yeah. to learn is like Hire by vibe, culture, core value first, skills second. What's the opposite of that, Sammy? Well, no, no, I'm, like, no, I'm sorry. No, what's the opposite of hiring? I'm like, oh my god, this person has the skills that I need to get my business to the next level, and she has the relationships and everything. I don't get along with her. It's as a much. perfect resume. Yeah, but it, I had that Sammy. Oh, do you know about this?
0: Yes, so, I, I know so, the story. But go yeah, ahead. yeah,
1: so Sammy and this other girl were interviewing for the salesman management position, and One girl worked for Hotel Dell, had like, that's fine. She had a (laughs) Rolodex of what I thought was like clients. She had the experience, but we just didn't connect as much. Sammy, I met with her at a coffee shop in North Park. We had this instant vibe, but I was more drawn to the skills like this, where I really got along with Sammy and I felt she, she, because you work closely with the sales manager in this in a small business position I
0: definitely do yeah
1: and I hired this oh (laughs) you ended up hiring that person dude okay I hired this person I know who it is I know who it is and 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 she um pocket dialed me oh that's right that's right she pocket dialed me uh talking she thought she was talking to her mom and basically she was like saying that Oh, I'm gonna take the bigger job with the big hotel. I'm just entertaining this or something, and got like basically was lying to her mom and lying to me. I don't know, she left me a mess. It was just this whole thing where I realized I made the biggest mistake and I realized it and I realized like, wow, I should have hired Sammy. And I thought I had already told Sammy she didn't get the job.
0: Sammy is currently our
1: Three years strong.
0: Three years strong, front of house sales, everything sales. Sales
1: manager, sales.
0: Keeping the anchor, uh, or I mean, I'm sorry, like, basically, like.
1: Driving the ship. Driving the ship, yeah. You know, like, I mean. The anchor and the ship, wow. She's done an amazing job and clients love her and everything. And and I was about to, I remember, because Melissa was still with us. Right. And I told Melissa, I'm like, Melissa, I failed. I hired the wrong person. What (laughs) do I do? Can I reach out to Sammy again? Because Melissa was also a very amicable split. It was like. She was just right. moving on. She, it wasn't she like started her
0: own you know, wellness business. Yeah, yeah. And she's
1: doing great. And I was like, can I reach out to this person? Like, is that fucking
0: weird to, which to Sammy, Okay.
1: Cause I realized I made the wrong decision. She was like, I think, he, I think you can. And I was thinking about it. And then Sammy emailed me and sent me this beautiful email being like, I saw it. Cause I reposted the app. Cause I realized this girl isn't working okay. out and she saw it and she was like, if there's anything I don't, I know I don't have the experience and maybe all of the skills or whatever you're looking for, but I really would love the job. And I called her immediately, and I was like, "Sammy, your ears must have been ringing. I made a mistake." What the heck, Sammy? Yeah, and, amazing. And she was on it, and it was just a reminder of like, and that's taken me a long time to learn. Is like the way I say it is like, you can teach a man to fish you can't teach a man to love Yes,
0: cooking. Chef Tiffany in the wow, house. Wow, man. All we got of the this. whole crew. Amazing. Oh, she got the Chef purple Tiffany in her hair. Chef
1: Tiffany Tinture just walked in. If you
0: can't see her, she has purple in her hair.
1: And she has treats. And
0: treats? What? Dude, blo- we the, just got
1: Oh my god. Blooming apron in this the house. This is not planned. With a, a cow. What do we have? Wait, a wait, cow Chef card Tiffany. In, I love it. What do yes. we have? Blooming apron. What do we have here? We have some pecan crumble banana bread. Oh, good lord. And some pot de crème chocolate cart on a chocolate t- all right, so, bye, Chef Tim. Yeah, another beautiful cameo, but 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 what I think that speaks to is where Harvest Kitchen is now. Where is and it? Where is well, Harvest Kitchen? Right now, we're in Vista. We're in Vista. We're at the boardroom, the venue attached to Harvest beautiful Kitchen. Beautiful boardroom. We're also at the most fun, enjoyable time in the six years we've been. In How does business. that happen
0: in the midst of 2020, COVID, pandemic? How does it- why did you just
1: say that this is the most fun time? Because Chef Tiff, Chef Adiel, Stephen, and you, man. You attract hiring, hiring. Us agreeing to go on this adventure together is the best thing that's ever happened to this business and to me. I'm gonna I, I'm, I'm gonna be that honestly, because you attract. I mean, I whatever, we just joked about how I'm like pretty proud that I was the one to actually like. "Quote unquote," fine, Tiffany. But you would never stayed if it hadn't been for you. And you inspire and attract the kind of culture and people that just it just the vibe lately for the past since you started over just what over a year ago.
0: Oh, full time technically, as as far as like making this my only gig was like yeah, was Oct- October. October of nineteen. Yeah, so. Well, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. no And no, you know, no, no bad vibes to any former chefs or anything like that. It's just, I think that I want, wow. I think that I want and I require to be with a, a punk rock personality. Yep. yep. Chef Joe. Joe, what's up? Hi, Joe. He's going to be on soon. Dude. Chef Joe. Yes. Um, uh, I mean, I love, I still talk to Zeus all the time. Hey, yeah. um, Chef Zeus. He's now at Manja Manja. Shout out mm-hmm. Zeus. Zeus. Mm-hmm. Um, paved the way. For me to come on board um and actually everybody like yep. i you know we can learn from our our past and stuff like that and our you know pay, pave the way for different people to for me to come on board or whatever but i'm a gigger i'm a i'm a yep. the punk rock like i'll take gigs here but at the same time harvest kitchen harvest kitchens speaks to my speaks to my my fabric and speaks to my ethos and i mean you can hear like you know utensils clanging in the background and <laughs> Billy, Billy, the dog is walking around, you know, you know, chewing on, chewing on my fingers and shit. Like, you know, we're just, we're here. Um, I'm literally in my, my workplace doing the the interview. Right. Yeah. Um, and all the chefs are rolling through because they're dropping stuff off. They're picking stuff up. It's like, it's almost like a working restaurant at the same time. It's not, it's not a restaurant. It's a food company. It's a, it's a, it's a culture. Um, but anyways, back to what you're saying. Um, so you you have not retired after 10 years there's kind of a mark there's markers in business there's three yeah, years true, there's five right? years there's 10 years yeah and you're at the you're at
1: like 10 11 years okay. of doing so, it technically yeah technically harvest kitchen is six but all all in all it's 11 years.
0: and you're still like you know you're, you're still looking to do like if it works out we're gonna do music festivals we're gonna do you know, we're going to do a wedding on Coachella Fairgrounds, like, or whatever, Empire Polo Grounds at Coachella. Like, we're going to, we're going to do, we're going to do stuff where the food truck can drive. Right. We're not set to like, um, or even without the truck. Without the truck, sure. Without like, truck. but film productions, we're going to, I mean, I remember last year, uh, we did the Super Bowl commercial for, with, uh, For I I don't know if we can say the clients and stuff like that, but like we we cater. Oh yeah, yeah. So like I mean, there's all kinds of cool stuff that we're doing. Huge
1: Nike commercial. It was uh. Was uh, was uh, that the Were you at the one at Qualcomm? No, I didn't do Qualcomm. No, that was earlier.
0: Yeah. Um, shout out. I mean, rest in peace to the stadium. Yeah. Um, But anyways, I guess what I'm getting at is uh, why why is Harvest Kitchen kind of um, is a company. Is a company, uh, an extension of the owner at some point, and and when does it? I guess when does a small company grow to so much that it loses its soul? I guess the, it's a multiple point question, but how do you? I don't know. When do you know? When do you know when it's time to stop growing or time to stop time to start growing up and stop being punk rock?
1: Or I think well, I think in the regard, that's a, that's a great question. I get what you're saying. It is multifaceted, but I think it becomes it's like uh, the autonomy of art right it's kind of the idea of once the paint has dried mm. and once the uh, once the paint has dried and once the song is done and it's out there it's no longer yours mm. so i feel like it i feel like it kind of becomes all of ours like when it's weird this is interesting when you say like my place of work even though like on on nuts and bolts you're not a partner in the business nor is sammy i feel like it almost is like we're all in this together kind of and it's all kind of a part of us even though like quote-unquote ownership what does that really mean you know like i think when you really are involved in a job you take a bit of ownership for i think it kind of becomes like an extension of, some of jobs. all of us some yeah, jobs, some jobs and i think uh i think it's also when, when it's time to stop growing or being is like if you desire it to I guess, and I, I I, feel like it's just evolved the same way I was talking about before, like organically and naturally. It's like we're at a place where we're ready for that and we want to take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also just because I don't have this desire to be like a multi-million-dollar in revenue catering company, like, because then I think there is a, like a watermark or a, a point where it does the events just become an event. And it's just like, you know, check a box. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I haven't, I've never started this to like, it's weird to say I didn't, I, but, but it's true. I didn't start this business to make money. You had a dream. I had a dream and I want to have fun and I want to do something I was proud of. And like, it was never about like, Oh God, I could make so much money starting this truck. That was like the furthest thing. I'm not saying that's wrong for people to start business. I'm not saying it's right to, go about it that way it's just how I was so it's just like I guess it's like if it's not fun and I'm not passionate about it then for me what's the point people Mm. that could sell damn near anything I've been in sales my whole life but I could I always say I'm like if I'm not passionate about the company I have to sell for when I was in sales or whatever I can't do it Hmm. some people like I don't care as long as I can make money like how much money can I make I'll sell whatever and I've never I've I've just never I I I just can't imagine doing that so I guess it's like when it's no longer fun.
0: So you, do you still have the same vision and passion that you had in when you started uh, leaving from the advertising company to to the food truck company?
1: No, it's totally different. It's what's funny? The, I what, haven't thought about that. What's
0: the passion and step now? Um, now in ten years later, here we are, twenty twenty one yeah things are picking up again by the way 2020 was what it was was. all of our weddings and events have postponed and and moved into 2021 so we're looking at a we're looking at a banner year again two
1: years worth of weddings in nine months right
0: so we're trying to we're trying to navigate um we're trying to navigate two years put into one year right now as a company yeah um and as a chef it's it's like cool it's like cool and scary at the same time. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I think all of us. To be honest, to no, be honest, I completely agree.
0: Sammy is still still booking stuff, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> because the calendar's already the calendar's already pretty Swelling. full. I mean, <laughs> thank God the birthing. calendar's full. Yeah, you know? no, no, grateful, like grateful. For but I'm yeah. at the same time, I'm like, crazy. everybody's trying to like everybody in the world, everybody in our nation is trying to like oh shoot, our wedding, you know, we got to get married. Let's just, let's just call Harvest Kitchen. And and can you do our wedding in two weeks? We're like, sure. What you got? So anyways, um, grateful for the, grateful for the business, but at the same time, how do we navigate this climate? And also how do we, how do you move forward as a business in this era? Like, what's the next, what's the next thing for Harvest Kitchen? Like, obviously we're going to try to get through the, all this business that we're trying to, that we're,
1: well, like, I, the, the, I think the motivation tell. one has like, well, you just put up a post about like, which I thought was great about like when you're done cooking and then you have to do the ordering, but you made a point to be like, uh-huh. to make yeah. sure that it's organic and it's from local sources. And I'm like, that's why, that's why, like, I love you in this role. That's why like <laughs> it takes that extra effort to be that way. So, so at the core of it, the ethos of still, I do think organic farming is important. I do think about how much food we're diverting from commercial pesticide laden farms that are going as we grow, we divert more of that business. And I, that's still important to me. But now it's more about mm-hmm. it's way more about creating an environment that people enjoy working in. OK, that is my. Motivation. So you are
0: focused on growing the company as a, um, a, a cultural, a cultural beacon, uh, kind of, if you will, in the industry, because I mean, cause that brings me for joy. lack of a better term. Yeah. It brings you joy and the industry, the industry kind of like it would, well, let's, I mean, you know, 2020 was what it was. Yeah. And, um, 2020, we're moving 2021. I'm sorry, 2021, we're moving forward power, as best we can. And, um, you're still finding joy in the, are you, are you trying to find joy in the company or is no. the, the company bringing you joy?
1: The company's bringing me joy through the fact that Tiffany, Reese, Sammy, you, Adiel, Steven, I've always been that way. And it's like, again, like I, I Hey, do, Steven. Yeah. yeah. What's up, <laughs> Steven? I, I love, and I like the fact that we have the space to do music pairings and everything that we've talked about to tap back into that into into me and not just think about growth, mm-hmm. to be like, so do the shit that makes us, brings us joy. right My shift has now come, because for a while I was chasing the the growth. What's what's chasing, what does that look like? like that looks like trying- We gotta make $2 million. Yeah, right. that was me hiring a business coach. Sammy, you remember this, and me spinning out of control because I felt like we had like, grow and get more revenue and all this stuff. And I was losing my heart and just accepting that that's just not me. I'm not one of those Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs that's driven by just the bottom line. That's important to me. And I I have become way more focused on the numbers, Mm -hmm. but there has to be a point of enjoyment for me. It has to be like fun. And you've, you've brought that out a lot. I mean the whole team. So it's like, I guess the evolution is finding that sweet spot. And Mm -hmm. I've always said for, for me, business was the, the, Success to me was the, the trifecta of revenue, profit, and lifestyle. Hmm. That to me is success. So many times people chase revenue, right? So much this ego-driven number. And sometimes they forego profit and lifestyle. A lot of times profit. To make money, it costs money, right? Okay. And they'll be like, wow, I made no money. I made less money and I, I have no life. Or if you're just focused on your lifestyle, of course, everything else goes sideways. So when all those can be in harmony... And I'm, and I'm loving the team and the business, and 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 we're finding that sweet spot to where we're not feeling like we have to make so much money. To you know that, that mix mm-hmm. is what I'm after. To where, you know, and to where I don't have to do the things I don't enjoy.
0: Oh, what do you enjoy about the company? Still, I, I mean, as far as no, I take that back. What do you, what do you least enjoy about being, you know? Working or whatever, like how do you, as an owner, like, I, you know, owners are hands-on, yeah, involved at certain to certain levels, and you're, you know, you still want to like take time off and go do your music, and like, um what's the downfall of being a com- an owner of a company like this? I mean, let's be honest, let's ruffle some feathers, like the downfall. What sucks?
1: What sucks is, what sucks is feeling. Well what sucks is me personally being a feeler and worrying about worrying about the team, if people are happy, if they what sucks is that weight sometimes. Sometimes is the weight is like are people enjoying what they do? Do they see me in a good light? I'll be honest, let's just shed some skin here. I worry about what people think about. I really do worry about what think, people think about, especially people that I'm employing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I just want someone else to make the fucking call. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't want to make the decision. Mm-hmm. I'm just like I don't want to do it. I like there's there's big de- especially with 2020 big decisions where I just want to fucking run away. I don't want to make the call. I want to have a That's business very partner
0: to It's very easy to just not do it or run away or
1: Yeah, and it's like I don't have a business partner to like like sometimes I I rely on my team, you and Sammy and stuff to kind of come to the decision, but ultimately it's like I have to make the call and sometimes I just don't want to you know because it's hard Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of tough decisions otherwise I mean I think the only other things I don't enjoy are like little things like weirdly enough as much as I love having new people and I hate hiring I hate
0: recruiting oh like like Is this person right? Like, it just takes so
1: much time. True, it's just such a time suck. We've talked about this. It's just like this colossal—not wasted time, but an inefficient use of time. And and that's just like one other thing. But overall, it's like sometimes it's just like, you know, you just don't want to. You don't want to have to make the tough call. Yeah, and you can't escape it. Yeah, but at the same time, I enjoy that. So now it's more so, you know, like more so, it's having the right the. Being able to afford the right people, okay, is what makes it so much more joyful. To where I don't have as much of stuff I don't enjoy, because yeah. I've hired the people that are good at the stuff I suck at. <laughs> I think that's the biggest part of growth.
0: Being so. able to admit your strengths and weaknesses
1: more than anything. When, you I admit in, your
0: weaknesses. when I interview, when I interview chefs or students, even when I interview. Um, People that I know are not, you know, maybe executive level or, or people who have no experience or I mean, I mean, i talking to my <laughs> kids, even talking to my own kids. It's like, hey, do you know what you what's your weakness? Because I because I can see their strengths immediately. Right. When you talk to somebody, I, I know immediately when I need to hire somebody or when I need to um, whatever. But do you know your weakness?
1: And, and I love when they turn it into
0: a positive. My weakness is a positive. Well, my weakness is I <laughs> care too much. I'm always on time. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like it could be. Di- it's different for everybody. right? But, but some people like I don't. I don't know. I've never thought about it. But like if you're not thinking about your weakness, it's like how are you going to grow? Totally. So and this is not a this is not a, a growth business podcast or whatever. But like I did want to. I mean, yes, this has all been great and awesome. And I I'm I'm trying to impart wisdom, whatever. But at the same time, I do have two more kind of closing conversational things because I know that in the, in the history of San Diego in particular,
1: yeah,
0: you and Chef Nick were doing soundbite.
1: Oh God! So we're going to talk about that. So
0: sweet. Yes. Awesome. I was just talking to. So uh, I was just talking to somebody about that yes the other day, and also, um, I need to first. Okay, we'll get to soundbite. We'll talk about soundbite. We'll let you know what that is. But what do you? Like who? What kind of music is inspiring you right now? What are you listening to? What are you playing? What are you playing? Are you covering songs? Are you like out playing somewhere? I
1: I used to play. I so first I used to play out a lot more. Mm-hmm. There was like a sweet time in like 2016 and 17 where there was a group of musicians locally, like Kendoja, mm-hmm. and, uh, a bunch. Oh, Sister Speak, like all of these great musicians, and we had a we had a weekly thing at the the Wine Lover in Hillcrest. Okay. We would play every other Sunday, and, and it was just this really sweet. I would play out. I would play at the Hillcrest Farmers Market out in front of the truck. There and you go. It, I, I, I. This I, guy
0: I, is doing food and music pairing is like live.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I did a soundbite dinner. I was okay. the musician for one of the soundbite dinners. Was that the too.
0: impetus behind the soundbite dinners?
1: No, the impetus. So soundbite. Wait for, for yeah. finish the thought about the so music, so. so. Um, Lately, though, what I've always done is actually what's interesting, just recently, I've started playing again, because I've been Mm -hmm. kind of not played for the past two years, I haven't felt as inspired. But what I always kind of go to is actually um, covering hip hop songs. I love doing yeah, an acoustic yeah. guitar with hip hop songs. I love songs. that. I love like, that when people do that. That and that and, um, that, and I, I still have roots in bluegrass and things like that. But more than anything, I still I still like playing old songs that I wrote years ago, uh-huh. you know, years ago in heartbreak times or what have you. But um, but one of the one of the greatest like com- combinations. I mean, this is food and food and music is life, right? I mean, and. To me, the epicenter of that, for me, was in San Diego, was Soundbite, originally called Storytellers. Was an interesting. I, remember we changed the I remember that, We changed the name to Soundbite. I really like Storytellers.
0: I didn't know that you were behind Storytellers, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, not the
1: VH1 one, but we were no, like, no, no, you know. But
0: yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, okay, not Viacom.
1: That was my idea for the name, and Nick wanted to change it to Soundbite. I didn't like it. And we put it out to, but I was all like, let's put it out to social media. And sound bite hands down, everyone was like, duh. Now sound, back, bite.
0: sound bite. Yeah. So like,
1: so basically what, and this was, it was, it was. Shout out, Nick. Shout out, Chef Nick. Amazing. <laughs> we were talking about how we both, I had an idea of doing some sort of like food night with like open mic or something like music and food. And he had, he really had the idea of. You know, beer pairings and wine pairings, still so big. Mm-hmm. But what if it was songs paired with food? Yes. So basically, the format was we worked with local bands. Some early ones were Todo Mundo from Colombia. So good. So good. They're good. They would submit and send us six original songs with the inspiration of how they wrote the song. Oh. And then, really, Chef Nick and I would help out. We would create totally new dishes listening to the song, thinking about it. And then we would sell tickets to a show where the band would play. The band would introduce the song and the inspiration. Mm -hmm. Then Chef Nick, or whatever the guest chef would be, we started having guest chefs would introduce the dish while the servers are plating this one-off, completely custom dish while they're listening to the song. Perfect. And because people love, like the reason why I think this podcast is so great is people love getting in the mind of a chef and love getting in the mind of a the musician. Mm-hmm. They wanna learn the inspiration, the art of it, mm-hmm. right? And it was fucking awesome. Like one dish that I always stick out was, was Todo Mundo had a song called Revolución and it was about people migrating from Colombia or just in general migrating to the United States or whatever. And the idea of like the song about like going to a foreign land and being on a boat or whatever and and the mystery of it and, and this new, awakening this new life and we were like well what would you have on that trip like what would you have to eat oh and then it was like a hand pie and then it was like empanadas de revolucion with like mushroom and everything and that was the dish that really tied into the song and that was what we created for guests and we did i mean i helped so i helped host them Amazing. Nick did the. We're bringing it back. We're gonna bring dude, it back, dude. We have to bring it back. Nick, let's bring it back. I miss it so. We did. A, I mean, I was a part of like at least fourteen of them, and then <laughs> Nick carried on and did more of them. Well, it's but.
0: funny too because I saw you at one of them downtown San Diego. You're like, where do I know you from? And it was like, you know, three, four months after I saw you at the truck. Oh right. Before we had booked you, and uh I was like, yeah, we met on the street in La Jolla. You're like, oh my gosh. And then all of a sudden, you know, next thing you know, I'm, I'm chefing. You know? <laughs> so like soundbite, dude, we gotta, we're, we're going we to bring back soundbite 2021 soundbite is happening. I, I'm manifesting it right now. Yes. It's in the cosmos and st- whatever you believe in,
1: yes. I'm going to
0: make it happen. Whether it's five people or 500 people, I don't care. Let's do it. We're going to do it because this podcast is, is uh, food and music pairings and soundbite soundbite was a catalyst and an inspiration for me to do that because I had come from I, when I was in San Francisco, we did a bunch of them. Um, the, the chefs up there are crazy. Um, and we did dinners based on, like, one record or something like that. Like, I still love your idea of doing the record pairing parties here. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not going to give you any ideas here so you can't steal them. <laughs> but, yeah, we're going to do it here at Harvest Kitchen or outside or whatever. whatever Metallica the l- brunch.
1: Shh. Oh, quiet.
0: Oh. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, so, okay, soundbite, that was a – so that was an that was a uh, an intersection of your music totally. life and your food life. Totally. Was the truck pretty active during those? Did we you would use, use it sometimes okay. outside of
1: Casa Artilexia when we did the tour. Yes. Oh, we that was when it, it was in Little Italy. In Little Italy, okay. we actually set up. We Shout out Artalexia. We set up kitchens. We set up a kitchen and did a vegan one on the rooftop of Trilogy and yeah. set up a whole. What Nick and I, Jesus I remember had, that. What we would go through, we would set up kitchens where there was never meant to be a kitchen. No we would do it at a different location every time i mean even the bottom floor of quad ale house that's not really set up for a, yeah a we like did it on the rooftop of pizza port and ob we did it like <laughs> dude we did it i mean nick what were we thinking like it was so, but it, they all no, worked gutsy. And they were incredible and they it. were incredible
0: because you and chef nick i mean nick i mean come on get, get, let's get on the podcast but yeah like, dude get
1: nick on the podcast
0: but bro. that's like i don't know i I can't really explain it on the podcast because it was so like such a unique thing. Um, but like we, we're just going to basically we're going to make it happen again. But it. I do want to know what music now is inspiring you to, or what do you listen to? I know that you you do a lot of podcasts. You do a lot of NPR, yeah. but like, what are you listening to? Like what really gets your juices flowing? Like um, what really pumps the pumps the gas? Like, you know, if you want to like, I know you do woodworking. So what yeah. do you listen to in the wood shop?
1: Okay, there is something, I I, I, list, I have such an eclectic mix of music. I just, oh, oh, just the first thing that comes to mind, I just discovered this really fun band called Rubble Bucket. Rubble Bucket. Rubble Bucket, okay. that's kind of like, to me, like New Age ska, kind of, hmm. in a way. I have, I just, I, I listen to a lot of different stuff, but mm-hmm. one thing that I've really enjoyed is um, African music, like really weird cuts of old, afro-cuban music mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this kind of world sound with these really unique rhythms and then i've discovered this really cool show called um uh dances chances with wolves Have you oh yes, yeah. you've told me about this it's a it's a show that's mainly on soundcloud where these two guys from brooklyn who are just Record crate diggers—they go through and they search and find the kind of music, this kind of music that I'm into, weird Brazilian music and stuff—and they put out a weekly podcast. So I love finding Uh the stuff that, like, no one's ever really heard of, Mm -hmm. and these these worldly sounds that are different. I guess that that inspires me and a lot of jazz, like Charlie Hunter. I'm listening to a lot of lately, you know. So, and that I, gets
0: you in the mindset to like, do, do your day or do you listen to that when you're in the woodshop or like, I listen
1: to that when I'm in the woodshop, I know you like that. Actually, tones. I listen to like classic rock. I listen to like, yeah. when I'm in the woodshop, I like seventies rock.
0: There's nothing wrong with no, classic there's not. rock. it's no. all, it's all the same four chords.
1: It's great. And you know, or some of the meters or some like, you know, like older funk music or stuff like that. I like the old stuff. Same with like old cars. Yeah. But there's not as much new stuff that grabs my attention. Okay.
0: There, there really, really isn't. That's
1: fine. Yeah. Except for this rubble bucket. Rubble bucket. Okay. I don't know, I'll recently, check him out. Yeah. Courtney Moran introduced me to that. And I like so it's fun. Like I mean I just listen to all sorts of stuff, but always roots in hip hop and jazz, I would yeah. say.
0: I know you're a huge Trap called Quest fan. Oh my god. And uh, all the all, everyone surrounding Trap called Quest. Yeah, that was um, the era. so like at uh yeah, I I guess in closing, like what's some words of wisdom for like aspiring I don't know. If someone wants to start a food truck, for example, or if someone wants to start like a, a small business or uh, I don't know, like what can you impart on the, say, let's say there's a person coming from advertising that wants to go into the food business or, or I don't know, what, what would you say is number one key to living the life of a, a punk rock uh,
1: musician that wants to be also a food person? I think... One is, well, overall one that I always say is like, people always say life is too short. Life is too long. Ooh.
0: Life is too
1: long to not chase your dreams. Life is long. Life gives you time. Life's, there's so many times that you can reinvent yourself. It's never too late. Just it's never too. Why are people so afraid
0: of reinventing themselves or chasing their dreams?
1: Because it's stepping out of your comfort zone and you're leaving what is safe and it's scary, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, you're facing a lot of fears, you're facing self-doubt and let's be honest, as you get older, like yeah. teach an old dog new tricks, you know, it's like harder and harder but that doesn't mean you can't, you can't do it, you know? and But have you
0: parlayed your advertising and marketing
1: career into this? Oh, totally. This? Okay. For sure. And yeah. I think you, you always. And in
0: music and everything.
1: Yeah, like... I think, I think, and and it's like i think for for in general if you're wanting to whether it's food or whether whatever it is is like you know if you follow if you follow your passion the money will come but also you don't need that much money okay i think i've learned that i mean it's a little bit different for me because i'm single he's writing a book yeah that that also (laughs) yeah is that I, I mind you, I haven't been driven about owning my own house. I don't have a wife. I don't have kids. Okay. okay. So that, that just, let's put that somewhere. Like, well, you don't have, okay. you know, mortgage. Yeah. No, that's and, fair. You
0: know, no, that's but fair.
1: I, I, I've known. Let's people, be honest.
0: Those things take money.
1: Yeah. And that it takes money, but also what takes money is being driven by more materialistic things. And it's something me and my brother have talked about is that I feel living at overall in the past, the most fun I've had in the past 10 years, I've made a lot less money than, and, and arguably mm-hmm. more fun, traveled more, done everything, and making a very small amount of money per year. So I think there's this like- Minimalist. Minimalist, but also flow. It's also being able to afford the time, because that's the one thing you can't get back, mm. right? Okay. That's the thing that affording the time to be able to do the things that you love and live life to whatever you you feel the fullest is. What I how I live my life is very different than like what how other people would see. Yeah. But I feel like there's also a misconception that you need to make like bank. You need to make like hundreds of thousands of dollars to live the life you want to lead. And I don't. I just don't think that's the case. But I. But mainly it's that. It's like you know. There's so many opportunities in life. Like life's long. Like you know. It's, it's so long that why not go for it? Why not at least give it a shot?
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You heard it here on the family cast. Wow. He said life is long, you know, as, as it's afforded to us and uh, live every day, but as uh, trying to reinvent yourself, do you, do you reinvent yourself? You try and do it every day or how does that, what is I like the idea of like,
1: do every, do one thing every day that scares you. Ooh. Okay. I don't sit and be like, Oh, did I do something that scares me? What general, scares me today? Yeah. Like I'm going to kill a spider. <laughs>
0: With my hands. With my
1: hands. Okay. But I think overall, stepping out of the comfort zone is where the magic happens. Okay, and I really so do comfort- believe that. The danger zone. The danger zone. Ooh, Kenny Loggins. Play yeah.
0: To... One of Tiffany's favorite songs. Uh-huh. That was my
1: compromise record with my dad. What do you mean? So
0: when we Cassette
1: would, tape. <laughs> when we would have to be stuck in the car, there was a set of records <laughs> or tapes. I had this tape that we could agree on, Top compromise. Gun, Top Gun. Al Jarreau. There you go. Why? Al Jarreau Jazz. Okay. Dancing on the Ceiling by- Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie and Huey Lewis in the News. Who can't agree, <laughs> who cannot agree, yeah.
0: habit ladies and gentlemen and everything in between david allen holtz thank you very much for the conversation thank you very much for the well whiskey what a great time uh we could have gone on all night i'm sure maybe we'll do a part two uh yeah that was a fun one be sure to check out Harvest Kitchen online. Uh, they're everywhere. Website, Instagram, all the, all the information's in the show notes. And check out the venue called The Boardroom. Be sure to subscribe, rate, review, share, and support us on Patreon so we can keep the shows going. Get the word out. Let people know that there's people out there like all my previous guests, all my playlists, people like David, and many more to come, hopefully. So long as time permits, now that events are picking back up again, I'm going to be very busy in the kitchen. If you ever want to lend a hand, just send me a text, drop me a line, stop by the kitchen, show me what you got, and we'll just start cooking it up and playing some rad music. And hopefully, hopefully... We will be doing some of these uh, live videos more uh, coming up soon so we can so we can uh, show our cooking skills off while we're um, talking and eating and drinking because I wanted to do some cooking stuff but on here, but it's kind of, to me, it's kind of boring, or not boring, but it's not as fulfilling, let's say, if you can't uh, see what I'm cooking, you know, see how the food looks, see how the, the drinks, all that kind of stuff. So we're going to add a video component. We're just trying to figure out how to do that. Uh, you know, some on-location stuff in my kitchen, in people's kitchens, backyards, live, beach, whatever, food truck, you know, you name it, we'll cook it. And yeah, until then, enjoy the family cast. Uh, we are doing much, many more things. And yeah, here's some more music to set you in the mood. So until next time, my friends, my family, amigos y familia, everything in between, Thank you so much for your listening. Thank you so much for your support. And I look forward to doing this again very soon. So, ciao
1: That you get that. I already you. Extravagant And all of the girls Don't leave on nobody. I don't have the time for no money now. All of the girls then, Line up. Cause when we come. We come. We shock We the them. So come up. come
0: eyes. I come. Shock us.
1: the girls. Because I a so hard. Flossing. so was a so hard. Flossing. so floss, so 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 floss, so hard. floss because I floss so hard. Because I floss so hard. Flossing. Floss so floss so floss so hard. Because I floss so, floss so floss so hard. What up, buy Young Josh Holler, Holla. top bunk with the flow, nigga. We top dollar, uh-huh. top billing the kids. It's top selling the rhymes. It's similar to sitting with a Rotwala, yo. yo. And if you ain't know, yo. then I suggest you go and listen to the he say she say. Yeah. But I don't really care what he say, cause she say when we play it, make a dip low like the DJ. Different level of coolness than most kids. No jewels on my wrist, frozen pool necklaces. All I need is a little bit of gold. 14 karat If you get it for the low I'm a gigolo With a 30 inch figure roll Link on it, think on it I'm honest Me no lie And if she no fly She'll keep looking at me With the eagle eye Cause I'm flossing And I'm flossing Cause I floss so hard Cause I floss so hard Never mind who we is Pick
0: up where we left C-O-O-L-K-I-D-S and it seems if we knew on the block Two houses up, it's Chuck on the mailbox What cops? The neighbors kick rocks He's Fred, I'm Barney, welcome to bed, rock Rock, rock, yep, rock Then I get to rolling Did you get that memo about the fly that we posted? Shit, it's a party that I'm throwing Everyone's invited, just going to trap door Cause at midnight we toast this to let these suckers know And showing off the new campaign slogan Homie, headed to the polls for the vote Mm. On my mind, who's caught the first thing smoking? Start my mission, leave my residence, and nominate these D- two DJs for president. And I'm flossing. Because I'm
1: flossing. Because I floss so hard. Because I lost so hard. Because I floss so hard. Because I floss so hard. Because I floss so hard, floss so, floss so, floss so hard. Because I floss so, floss so, floss so hard.